Before this week's episode, I want to tell you about Starting Out. It's a podcast hosted by Shireen Patak, and she talks to brand CMOs and agency executives about the big ideas that influence their business decisions today. Listen and subscribe. We're on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and Anchor.fm. Hello and welcome to Digiday Live, our podcast where we bring you the best sessions from our many summits around the world. I'm Aditi Sango and today I have sessions from our Digiday Video Summit Europe, which we held in Amsterdam. Our reporter, Lucinda Southern, talked to Claire McArdle, who is the Vice President of Multiplatform at Comedy Central International. Claire is on the content side of things, so she gave us a look into their strategy for how they turn content for linear platform and audiences to content that is short form and relevant for multi-platform audiences. And you will want to know this, they don't straight up repurpose the content and distribute it. What do they do? Listen in. So firstly, can you give us a bit of a sense of the scale and the size of how many different shows you're working on, sure. what sort of markets they're going out into? Sure. So. Uh how Comedy Central works is Comedy Central International is all of those territories outside of the US. So um, we're in around 150 territories and about 200 million households with the, with the main channel. And up until about two years ago, we didn't have a dedicated pipeline of short form coming out for those territories. So I joined two years ago to start to build that pipeline. Um, We launched our first series, which was Bad Snappers, in February of 2017. Uh, Since then, I think we've launched around 20 series. And in this last sort of financial year for us, which is September to October, uh, we'll have made around 12 to 13 series. uh, Mm -hmm. And all of those uh, go into sort of the majority of our our clusters. And where where are they sitting? What different platforms? So... One of the things with, with Comedy Centre internationally is we don't have a player. We're not like some, we're not, we don't have an eye player. We don't have, uh, you know, something like that. So we, our content sits where our audience is. So we're targeting really broadly 16 to 34, but really with our online content, it's sitting in that 18 to mid 20 sort of sweet spot. So we are on the social platforms where they are engaging. So. For us, really, that means Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook. Okay. And that varies across the different markets, then? It varies across the different markets. So in some territories, so, for example, in Spain and Latin America, Instagram is really strong for our brands. In other territories, like the UK, Facebook is a real driver for our, mm-hmm. for our content. Um, and then UK, Latin America, very strong presences on, uh, on YouTube. You say then that... Then comedy, it's universal language. Mm-hmm. When you have shows like this, how do you go about commissioning something for so many different markets that will be able to transcend different borders? Because it's got to be cultural nuance. It's really, really difficult. And uh, uh, Comedy is one of the most difficult genres to make travel because so much of what we find humorous is based in our own culture, our own experience. And from the outset, what we looked to do with the international pipeline was one sort of really focused down on universal themes and things that we knew would work across multiple territories. And we don't just assume those things. We, you know, I sit in the office right. in London, but I talk to the teams right. in Buenos Aires and Madrid and Australia and Asia and um, all of our other um, our kind of cluster heads. And we talk about kind of what are the type of things that are working for your audiences. And what that boiled down for us to thematically was um, sort of 
it's a terrible title, but kind of millennial woes type content, current mm -hmm. affairs and topical that is world politics. And anything around sort of relationships, dating, that really works for us. So, um, and then we take those themes and when we're looking at what we're commissioning, whether that's working directly with talent or writers, it's about sort of taking out the things that sort of feel too culturally specific to the place where it's been made, actually start to alienate an audience in other places. Um, those of you who are from the UK will know who Noel Edmonds is. Um, I frequently have to take Noel Edmonds gags out of things that uh, we're making. Are there a so lot? Weirdly, yes. So um, he seems to pop everywhere as a Noel Edmonds, if you're not from the UK, as a TV presenter who's been around since like the 60s. So he's seen as kind of like a universal point of reference for people that like, mm. that's somebody, everybody will know who he is. Mm -hmm. um, and, but that doesn't obviously work internationally. But he seems to be the person that UK people want to, want mm -hmm. to throw in. And similarly, if something's coming from another territory, it's about if you're talking about, you know, a a politician or a musician or just making sure it's somebody that will be known kind of internationally. So we very much work from the, uh, the perspective of think internationally from the, from the start. Okay. And what about getting the, all the people in the markets to agree on the actual idea of the show anyway, that, even that commissioning idea? How long does that take? Or how do you do that? We tend to move really quite quickly. So uh, we set up a system whereby sort of we have a development slate. The development slate is shared on the first of the month with all of the territories. Um, they all come back and say, this is interesting, this isn't interesting. We then share sort of scripts and tasters and they're kind of part of that process um, and then one of the things that has been really sort of I think democratizing around comedy has been the fact that on Facebook we can subtitle things that's fairly cheap to do mm -hmm. they're not having to dub it into another language and we put it up and they can try maybe one or two episodes from a series and go yes this works for our territory or is it or it doesn't and then we can sort of so they can, can do a bit of testing. Like, yeah. Okay. yeah, so we do quite a lot of that. But we do sort of keep the, all of the international territories that we are serving. I guess they're our clients and we're sort of serving so that they, they have to be on board and sort of across what it is that we're, the, that we're doing. And, but we also take the approach that we can try something as a format in one territory and then if they feel that's something that could roll out elsewhere, then we'll support that with their own local talent as well. Mm -hmm. And is that what happened with Bad Snappers? That's, yeah, so Bad Snappers is a, a, a sketch series, 60-second uh, sketches, originally premiered on Snapchat, um, and then went on to Facebook and also Instagram, anywhere where that sort of 60 seconds uh, works very well. From the start, that was there's no dialogue in the sketches. Any communication between the characters is via phone or texting or showing pictures so it was always quite easily localized because we would share the project files the territories would then just kind of translate that into their own language and that did really well for us in multiple territories but one of the places where the comedy went too far was the was the Middle East so um, what we did there was we cast uh, two new talent and they created sort of culturally relevant versions of bad snappers for their market the comedy went too far in that it was well, there, were some of the, there was one about having a one-night stand, right. there was one about sending sexy pics to your boyfriend. Right. It was kind of, it wasn't something that, uh, with the compliance procedures in, <laughs> in the Middle East, would uh, probably have, uh, have got through. Delicately put. Yes. Yeah. 
I want to take a quick break here and talk about Digiday Plus. It's our premium membership product. And if you've never considered subscribing, you should. Because if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably interested in what was said in the rest of the event. And if you're a Digiday Plus member, you'll get to know that because of our event briefings that will tell you about it. And that's not all. You will also get the Digiday magazine, invites to member events, exclusive access to Digiday research, and so much more. So please subscribe. It's only $395 a year. Expense it on the corp card and visit digiday.com to learn more. So if we go back a bit Mm -hmm. now then, what is, for Comedy Central International, then what is short form digital series, because how important then, where do they sit in your overall strategy, because linear has got to be still important. Absolutely, but I mean, I get that, I mean, the approach we take is our audience are watching things on linear, but they are on these platforms, and as, as, a, as, a, as a brand, and uh, a brand of the heritage of Comedy Central, we need to be talking to those audiences and providing them with content and being relevant on the platforms that they are on, so we make we do make content that is absolutely specifically for the platform on which it sits. So we don't take something and reversion it. We we make a version for the for the platform and sort of our mantra is to kind of you know what the what the audience wants, but also what that platform rewards in terms of behaviour. Um, and then I, we do also have sort of a strand of of series that we work on that are about sort of testing for linear. That are about mm-hmm. is this. Not necessarily is this something that we would, you know, make 20 episodes of, stitch them all together and, you know, chuck them on TV, but more about are these writers we want to develop, is this talent we want to develop. Um, the example there of The Housemate Moving Out is a series called Absolutely Fine with um, talent Tom Rosenthal, um, who had an idea for a linear sitcom, but that really needed kind of a bit of drilling into and for him to think around the characters. And that's what we were able to do through the two series on, on short form that we worked on okay. with him. So sometimes we use it as that sort of development process, mm-hmm. um, but we're always very clear about which series are, are sort of going through that process rather than being sort of made specifically for, okay. for particular platforms. Are you making money from it? Uh, and that's not really my area of expertise. I'm on the creative side, would be my delicately put answer to that one. Um, obviously, we're on YouTube, you know, but that's not the, the primary aim of the content. But okay. where, so we, are, we make the content, we serve it out to the territories. They have individual affiliate deals, they have individual sales teams, so they can take that content and where they can maximize that, they do. Um, we. Um, I found out last week we were up for a DigiDay Award <laughs> last week for Bad Snappers for a, a project we did with Velocity, which was um, around the film Rough Night with Sony. Um, so we do have those kind of branded, opportun- mm-hmm. branded content opportunities that we work on as well. And do you expect then for these audiences to get a taste of Comedy Central and then move on to Linear? Is it more of an opening top of the funnel? Or are you just happy for them to... Like, do you know if it drives tune-in from... I think that's a really, really difficult kind of... Uh, journey to track. I think yeah. if we could all track that well, we'd, <laughs> we'd very happily be doing so. Um, but I think it's, it is about sort of engaging that young audience with the brand, uh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are, and I, I only work on the original content that we put on, mm-hmm. on short form. So there, there are kind of spin-off series around linear shows. There's kind of a whole other strand of, of social that really keeps the TV brand alive. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is very... The sort of the international pipeline is very much about trialing kind of and, and working with um, 
sort of original short form ideas mm. for those platforms. Is there, and this is a question that we seem to be asking everyone today anyway, but is, is there, a, what are the considerations or the concerns around reliance on platforms? Because are these on your owned and operated? They're on the owned and operated platforms as well. Um, I mean, it's, all, it's always a, a concern. Anybody who, you know, remembers Bebo or MySpace knows how, how, quick, how quickly mm. kind of platforms can, can, uh, can move out of favor or move out of favor with audiences or, you know, an algorithm changes and suddenly you're not in the place mm. that you were. Uh, and we monitor that closely and we respond to that. And because we, because we make content quite quickly and we move quite quickly, um, that's something that we factor in when we're sort of commissioning content. Mm. Um, I think we are... You know, we have we have a good spread of platforms that we're on, but we're very conscious as well that you can't be on every platform, and you sim we simply don't have the capacity capacity to be serving every single social platform as it pops out. So it, it's you know, it, as everybody else, I'm sure is doing, you you have to kind of monitor that situation and, and make the call in terms of what's the best platform for our audience and the type of content that we want to make as well, mm -hmm. and not being driven always by what the platform demands. If we can't capture the right audience then there's no point in us being on that platform. So what about then uh, some non-social platforms, things like Netflix or Amazon? I mean, that's way outside of, <laughs> way outside of what I'm doing. That's, mm -hmm. you, know, I, you wouldn't be these types of like, bad snappers and things you wouldn't see a life I, I mean, of them I, I, I mean, I don't think something like bad... A bad snappers is, you know, being a 60-second sketch series. I can't see that as something that works for that platform. I think the type of content that works for Netflix is kind of moving into that more mid-form mm -hmm. territory, um, content that you feel you can binge in that way. Um, and that's, that's not the type of content that we're making mm -hmm. at the moment. We sort of really quite sketch-focused as well, sure. or sort of mini-formats. Um, it's not to say that's something that we, you know, might not happen in the future, but, but for the moment, that's not, that's not mm -hmm. a focus. Mm -hmm. And what about then, since we've spoken in the past, some of the challenges from th on the social platforms? What would be the toughest things when you're having an audience then who's coming across your content? I think, I think you know, uh, something that we probably all find is that in making sure that you get that brand attribution and that, and that an audience knows that the content is coming from... Comedy Central, and, and we sort of try to mitigate that by making sure that you know, no matter where the content is coming out from within Comedy Central, whether that's mm -hmm. from the core international pipeline, whether it's been made at a local level, that it has a look and a feel mm -hmm. um, and aesthetic. It's you know, packaged in the same way. It's using the same colour scheme. Mm -hmm. um, and just and trying to make sure that when people see that content, they know it's Comedy Central or that it's a Comedy Central brand of humour. Mm -hmm. But I think... Um, Particularly on platforms um, like Facebook, that's a, getting that brand attribution is um, is a challenge. Mm -hmm. Five miles of scrolling a year, <laughs> I think they were saying earlier. Well, when I when I'm talking to sort of producers and writers, I'm always saying, you know, if there's um, you know a lot of air in something, mm -hmm. you know, and I'm like the the audience is looking at this and they've got something really exciting happening up there and something really exciting happening down here. So why are they stay? You know, they're not going to stay yeah. for your dramatic pause. Um, or your kind of establishing shot. So, yeah, so it's fast-paced. Uh, yes, yeah. it has to be, yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. What about um, future investment then? Because obviously it's something you've been doing for the last 12 to 18 months, uh, the International Hub, which is, so it's all in the UK. It's not, so um, the majority of the content has been produced out of the UK at the moment. Mm -hmm. I mean, 
Um, but we also support content that's coming out of other territories. We had a series, series come out of Australia this year. We've obviously got the series in the Middle East. Mm -hmm. We're looking at having um, around kind of eight series next year coming out of local, um, coming out of the, the, the local teams. Mm -hmm. So um, it's very much about um, as long as that content is servicing them correctly. Mm -hmm. It doesn't really kind of, um, where it comes from isn't as, as much of an issue. And, and something that we, we have learned is we can start to take content from other territories, other languages, and subtitle that. And it's being, it is starting to be consumed by English language markets. And so that's very exciting for us, given the amount of content we make out of territories um, like Latin America. So it's not just the UK being not, shipped no, elsewhere? No, absolutely not. <laughs> okay. And all the production as well, so that's mainly done in-house? Yes, we, we moved everything in-house in the last sort of um, eight to nine months, mm -hmm. largely because the, uh, it's quite difficult to, to get sort of pro external producers to kind of bear in mind that kind of the international sort of aspect of it. Uh, we also wanted, we don't have huge budgets, we wanted to make sure everything was going on screen, um, so we sort of expand and contract internally as, a, as required in order to be able to sort of produce from, from in-house. Um, and that has meant that we can move much more quickly. It makes well. things easier. Makes things much easier, yeah. yes. Okay. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> That's all for this episode. Thank you for listening. I'll be back with more sessions from Amsterdam soon, so stay tuned. If you liked our show, don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. It helps our podcast to be discovered. We're on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and Anchor.fm. You can also write to me or tweet at me for feedback. I'm Aditi Sango, and I'll see you next week.